Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Last week we began a new series called You Asked For It. Uh, Am I on here? Last week we went through a card that asked the question, uh, who are we in Christ? What do we have in Christ? What can we do in Christ? We talked about our identity. We talked about what we have in Christ. Uh, We have peace and joy and hope, and we have influence. The Bible says that uh, we can approach the throne of God with influence, and that comes down to what we can do. And like I said last week, I'm sorry if it's not shiny enough, but we can pray. We have the ear of the Creator God, uh, even in this place this morning. So that's what we can do uh, more than anything is we can pray. Uh, but this week I want to go through this card here. Uh, someone asked me to do a, uh, a teaching or a message based on Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. Uh, Knowledge of the, De- the Holy by A.W. Tozer. Uh, as a general rule, I don't really teach uh, from books uh, because we have uh, the greatest book, the only book we need, which is the Word of God. Uh, what I will do is I will uh, teach from the scripture that comes from those books. I'll teach on the preface of those books and what they're talking about. Uh, if you uh, like the message today, I want to, uh, to let you know we have a church library in the back. We don't talk about it a whole lot. It's a small library, but it's a growing library. And we have this book, Knowledge of the Holy. Uh, it's a really complicated process. If you want to read it, what you do is you go grab the book and take it home. Uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, if you want to keep the book, we just ask you to make a donation to missions. Uh, so it's that simple. If you go out that hall and, and go right, uh, you'll find a little library back there. Uh, but what I want to do this morning is I want to go through kind of the preface of this book by A.W. Tozer. This is one of the most uh, influential books in, uh, in, our, our, uh, in our faith, really, other than the Bible. Uh, but uh, what he does in this book, his purpose in this book, uh, is to remind the church that we need to elevate our perspective of who God is. Uh, Tozer says, in fact, it is our heaviest obligation as a church as the church of Jesus Christ, to elevate our understanding of God until it is more worthy of who he actually is. Uh, This week as I was reading here and I was kind of going through a scripture related to this this topic of elevating our idea of God, I was taken back uh, to the book of Job. And I want you to read with me when God is speaking to Job in Job chapter 38. Uh, We're kind of going to jump around. It's on the screen. I, I encourage you to go through the entire chapter there. Uh, But God is speaking to Job, and he says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you understand who marked out its dimensions. Surely you know who stretched a measuring line across it. On what were its footings set, or who laid its cornerstone, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and it set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. I want you to see all this happening, the glory and the majesty here. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Or seen the storehouses of hell, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? Can you bind the chains of Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? I love that. Can you loosen Orion's belt, the constellation? Can you bring forth constellations in their seasons, or lead out the bear with its cubs? 
Do you know the laws of heaven? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? And check this out. He says, do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you, here we are? Do you see the majesty and the glory that's taking place here? The problem today is we live in a culture, and we, even to some degree, in a church culture, where what we've done is we've taken the majesty and the glory and the splendor of God, and we reduce it until we can relate to it. So all of this glory of God that's shown in this picture, we bring it down and we say, Jesus is my homeboy. And, and all of this glory and this awe and this splendor goes away and we replace it with something that we can better relate to. But in fact, church, the Bible says, no, Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus was there uh, before time began. Uh, in fact, the Bible says that everything that was created was created by him and through him. And what Tozer does uh, in the knowledge of the holy is he begins to go through the attributes of God that just display his glory and his awe. And he says, we as a church have to return to a place where we recognize God for who he is. Because if I come here on Sunday mornings and I say, hey church, your homeboy is in the building. That's a little different than saying, no, the creator of heaven is in this place. The one that tells the waves, you must stop right here, is in this place. The one who tells the lightning bolts, you go there and they come back and they report to him. If that God is in this place, there's a different level of awe. There's a, a different level of reverence in this place. So what Tozer does is he goes into to God's attributes. Uh, now some say there's seven attributes of God. In reality, there's thousands of attributes of God. Tozer talks about his self-existence and his self-sufficiency. He talks about God's omnipotence and his omnipresence, that he is everywhere and all-powerful. He talks about his faithfulness and his goodness, his grace and his love. But this morning, I want to hone in on one specific attribute that uh, Tozer talks about. To do that, I want to take you to Mark chapter 10. It says uh, in verse 17, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do? To inherit eternal life. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. And I like this part. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus looked at him and loved him. And said, one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it, or how hard it is, for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but again Jesus said, Children, how hard is it for, uh, uh, to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, with God, but not with God. All things are possible with God. I love kind of what's happening here. Is I, I feel like Jesus is kind of smiling in the back of his head by saying, Actually, if you're working for it, it's impossible. It's going to be possible because all things are possible through God. Jesus says, I'll read it again in verse 27. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. 
all things are possible with God. And in this statement right here, uh, what we find is one of the core characteristics of God. Now, A.W. Tozer uh, calls this infinitude. But when I think of infinitude, I think of like uh, uh, an attitude that goes on for infinity. Uh, I know a few people like that. I have uh, a child. I know a few people like that. Uh, I prefer another way of saying it, which is limitless. Uh, when Jesus says that all things are possible with God, what he is saying is there are zero limitations with God. He is without limits. Now, here's the key, church. The, the attributes of God are not separate facets of his personality. We separate the, the descriptions of God because it helps us to understand them better. But in reality, they should not be separated. The, the attributes of God uh, are what makes him up as a whole. What do I mean by that? If you take God's infinitude, if you take his limitlessness, it's not separate uh, from his love. What we need to do is take all of his attributes and we join them together. I want to show you this. Uh, so uh, God's love, for instance, um, if you say, I love golf, and I love tacos, and then you recognize that God loves you, that it doesn't matter quite as much. But if you recognize that God's love for you is without limits, that it is infinite, that it goes on and on and on, there's a difference there when you recognize that God loves me infinitely. And something Tozer said that really stuck out to me in this book is he said that, that God's love for us is beyond measure. Now that's not because we don't have a measuring stick big enough. It's because actually it is without boundaries. His love for us is without bounds. There's no end to it. It goes on and on and on. And you can't measure something that keeps going and going and going. So God's love for you, church, for you, it goes on and on and on. It is infinite. I love that. the way that Paul says it. This is his prayer for the church, by the way, in Ephesians chapter 3. In verse 17, he says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. Someone say power. Now, what kind of power? Are we talking power to raise the dead? Are we talking power to, to open blind eyes? He says uh, that you may have power together with all the Lord's people, power to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That's kind of an oxymoron of a sentence. He says, to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Then he says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In other words, you will never experience God in his fullness until you experience his love in his fullness. I love what Paul is saying here because he's saying you need to understand that God's love for you is so great that you, you can't fully grasp it. But you need to know that God's love for you is so great that you can't actually fully grasp it. Are you catching what I'm saying there? God's love for you is so amazing that you can't grasp it. And that's okay because that's how big his love for you is. It goes on and on and on in church. It's not just his love. In Romans chapter 5, 
Paul writes again, and he, and he says, The gift is not like the trespass, for if many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? In verse 17, he goes on to say, If by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of his righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? There are two important notes here, a lot more than that, but two that I'm going to talk about. When, when Paul uses the word abundant, it's one of the only times in Scripture that the actual translation, uh, translation is super abundant. In other words, there is way more than you actually need that covers you in God's grace. It goes on and on and on. And when we're talking about how we join the attributes of God together, we're talking about an infinitude, limitlessness of God's grace that is poured out for you on the cross. The other thing is when Paul says here that it's for those who receive God's abundant provision of grace. Because you can passively receive something, which means you simply don't reject it. But that's not the word he uses. The word he uses is that actually you actively take hold of. And what he's saying is when you take hold of God's grace for you, when you grasp God's grace for you that goes on and on and on, you reign in this life. Church, the, the attributes of God cannot be viewed separately. And actually, if you read the book, this isn't in my notes this morning, but one of the things Tozer says is this is uh, one of the things that, that the church messes up sometimes, is we take one or two of his attributes and we just hone in on those two. And we talk about love and grace and we talk, don't talk about holiness and righteousness and, 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 and we, just, we just talk about what we like and we grab the attributes that we like but actually what we need to do is we need to see the whole we need to see God as a whole and we need to recognize him as a whole simply by his nature church God is limitless limitless this means that in all that he is in all that he does there are no boundaries. This means in his omnipotence and in his power, there are no boundaries that contain his power. Something we might want to think about as we sit here this morning at this time in our nation and wonder what's going to happen. There are no limits to the power of our God. By the way, hand in hand with that, there are no limits to the goodness of our God because it's not just that he's a good God. It's that he is infinitely a good God. Church, he is infinite in his presence. The Bible calls it, or we call it, omnipresence. That's why David said, if I ascend up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you're there. Because you can't escape the presence of God. And what Tozer said is the church needs to step back. And we need to look at God in all of his grandeur, in all of his magnitude. The magnitude of this omniscience and omnipresence and, and omnipotence and this love, this love that the Bible says can't be fully understood. We need to see him in the light of his transcendence. That means that he lives outside of time and space. In fact, he created time and space. In Psalm chapter 90, uh, Moses 
was praying, and he said, Before the mountains were born, you brought forth the world from everlasting to everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting. That means at the very beginning, before the beginning, before that beginning, before time. And when time ends and there's no more time on that end, from everlasting to everlasting, there was God. And church, as we study the attributes of God, it almost begins to, begin to feel a little overwhelming. It almost begins to feel like, can we actually know him? And we actually, uh, Jesus makes this statement, I, I, wanna, uh, or I won't read it, it's Matthew chapter 11 though, where Jesus says, no one knows the Father except the Son. And he's not saying that you can't have knowledge of him or have a relationship with him, but what he's saying is, in fullness of who he is, because he is so great and so mighty and so majestic, and we are finite human beings. We, on this side of eternity, we cannot grasp the grandeur of God. Next time you go to Lake Erie, just take a, a little soda can with you and try to capture all of that water into a soda can. It'll never work. And for us to think that we can capture the grandeur of God in this brain, that's okay, church. What do we do then? How do we pursue knowledge of God? How do we pursue knowing God? Well, first of all, he gave us his word. And second of all, he gave us his son. In John chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus speaking, he says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who himself God, uh, who is himself God, and is in close relationship with the Father, has done what? Has made him known. So when we're talking about the love of God, and we're talking about the grandeur and the majesty of God, church, it was revealed in Jesus Christ. Everything of who God is was given to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus says here, hey, I am God, the Son, who himself is God. And we gather this morning, and I, wanna, I want you to remember whose presence you're in. You're in the presence of a transcendent, omnipotent, omniscient, infinite, eternal, limitless God. Yet it was the God whose love was revealed for you and come up with in Christ. The God whose love was poured out for you on the cross. Uh, sometimes in cooking, what we find is there are two ingredients that you can put together that don't sound in theory like they would go well together, but they do, like uh, uh, salty and sweet. Or I asked Emily this morning, and what did you say? She said, chocolate and pickles. And then she said, you've never been pregnant. Which I can't tell you that. What we need to learn to do as a church is we need to learn how to be reverent and in all before God while also celebrating and rejoicing before God. It almost seems across the church today that you have to choose. If you go to church A, they're, they're reverent. 
and they're in awe the way that they're supposed to be. If you go to church B, they celebrate and they rejoice. But church, if, if we fully understand who God is, then we recognize the majesty of the God in this place that tells the waves where to stop. We recognize the love of the God in this place that poured his life out for you on the cross. We can have all before God and we can celebrate what he has done. And that is what we are here to do, church. Can you stand with me this morning? As Renee leads us, church, can we learn to, to combine reverence with celebration? Humility with rejoicing. We are so humbled at what God has done and that he is here with us this morning. And we celebrate because of that grace and that love that infinitude of grace and love, church. Father, I pray this morning that, that again as we step into your presence, God, we do so with humility and respect and awe and reverence and wonder, God. That we do so in celebration and rejoicing. In Jesus' name, church, I just want to challenge you to step into his presence as Renee leads us. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.